Father, we thank you for your presence here today. I ask you to just help us, help me to um, to see it, to sense it, to feel it, to just to, to just swim in it. <laughs> it's a little taste of heaven, and we thank you for it. Thank you for meeting us here this morning. Thank you for just um, being so real to us such a good father in Jesus name amen you guys want to appreciate the band didn't they do a beautiful job mm -hmm. you may be seated um, oh no 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 yeah everybody what's up everybody take a minute and greet each other <laughs> going to do it at the end of announcements, but then they'll be seated. So uh, welcome to Jesus Church, and really glad that you guys are here today. My name's Michelle, and uh, we just really want to welcome you to be part of us. I have a few quick announcements for us. So typically, the third Friday night of every month, we have a women's dinner here at the church at 6.30. It's just bring a dish to pass, hang out. It's not a Bible study, but we just all kind of hang out and get to know each other better and have some family time. But this Friday night, which would be the third Friday of the month, we won't have women's dinner, but we will be having our Becoming Love conference um, yeah, up here on the screen. So if you have not registered for that yet, I'm, we're really just um, would really appreciate it if you would because I'm in charge of getting the lunch around, and so I'd like to know how many people we have. And uh, yes, yeah, so everybody gets a, their fair share of food. Um, so if you will register for that, there's no charge. It just helps us to know who's going to be here for food. But that's going to be on Friday night um, and Saturday during the day. I'm really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be a time of just like refreshing. You know what I mean? Like renewal and focus and refreshing and just being able to really sink into God's presence. So we'll be meeting um, Dylan and has a friend coming who's a fellow pastor from... North Carolina or South Carolina, I can't remember which one, going to come over. I've heard him speak a little bit before, just really great. And then Jordan, who was here with us a couple weeks ago, is going to be back, and his wife. We'll have breakout sessions at 2 p.m. on Saturday afternoon. So there'll be a 10.30 session, lunch, which will be included, and then breakout sessions for guys and girls to break out at 2 o'clock. And then evening session, uh, I think at 6? 6? 6.30, at 6.30 on Saturday night. Um, 
Also, Rebecca, our children's leader over with the kids' ministry, the Jesus Kids, has asked me to announce that we're looking for a few volunteers to ha offer childcare during the daytime sessions. We're not going to offer childcare during the evening sessions, but during the daytime we will. Children are welcome if you can bring them in and have them in the service with you um, on, uh, in the evening sessions. But if you would like to volunteer to help with the childcare at one of the sessions, one of the daytime ones, there is a sign-up sheet in the back, right? It's on that white table at the back. There's a sign-up sheet back there. If you'll put your name there, that would be awesome. She'd be thrilled. Um, and the last announcement that I have for you is that this, um, the first and the, no, the second and the fourth Wednesday of every month is prayer time, and the church will be open at 6 a.m. for prayer and 6 p.m. for prayer. So that is super cool. If you have any questions about that, you can see Jared, because um, that, that's his uh, burden and his heart's desire is just to have the church open on those Wednesdays. So yeah, that's it. How is everybody doing well? Isn't it great that it's like flannel weather and jean weather now? I'm just, I'm not going to lie, I get sick of wearing shorts. I'm the guy that wears shorts or like jeans if it's hot and I'll just sweat. I don't even care because I'm like, I'm just sick of wearing shorts. And then come February, I'll be sick of snow and ready for, <laughs> ready for shorts. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we've been talking about it in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I just kind of want to continue in this vein is what's on my heart for this season is for us to be really established in the secret place and knowing Jesus, okay? When I say the secret place, a lot of people have, actually, we'll just say, when I say the secret place, what does that actually mean to people? You don't even have to say it in the microphone. You can just shout it out. Alone time, anything else? Place where no one else sees you with God. What else? It's an internal conversation. Anything else? You want to say something, Ty? What? What is it? If you had to explain it, what would it, what would it be? It's like the greatest place on earth. The greatest it's place, place on earth? It's a place that God is calling us. Right, it's a place that God's calling us at all times. So a lot of times when we say, like, you'll hear me say, like, I was spending time in the secret place or... We'll read, a, we'll read a scripture about the secret place or we even talk about just knowing God. And I just, as a, I was just thinking about how, if I could teach my son how to do this and teach my son, I would have to teach him very, I want to be very intentional and very practical. So that's something that I'm going to hit very hard in Jesus Church in the next couple months or next couple weeks is just a, a simplicity of what it looks like and a, just a practicality of what it looks like. And it might be review for some of us, but I believe like, I believe it's really going to establish us um, in an understanding and something that will propel us into maturity and deeper relationship with the Lord going forward in the future. Does that make sense? So I want to start, look at Matthew chapter, actually Ephesians chapter 2. I'm going to start here. Ephesians chapter 2. Are you squinting because there's no secret place in Ephesians? Are you doubting me? 
Ephesians chapter 2. Listen, I, I cannot stress this enough that relationship with Jesus and knowing God Almighty intimately is available for every single person on the face, face of the earth. Does not matter who you are, doesn't matter how much you know, doesn't matter how much you've done, doesn't, there is an absolute open door for every single person. All it takes is a response on our part. Does that make sense? It, all it takes is a response on our part. Like I cannot stress this enough because I feel like when we teach about relationship with God, when I teach, when I even say like, hey, I felt like the Lord said this to me, immediately what people will do in their mind will say, well, I can't hear him like that. Or I can't, I can't hear the voice of God like that. He doesn't speak to me like that, this and that. And all of those are just deceptions of the enemy trying to keep you from relationship. All right? Like I'm just gonna crush those things in our mind because they are absolute like, yeah, they're absolute deceptions and traps that the enemy's trying to keep us bound and keep us, keep us in a mindset of, of distance from the Lord, if that makes sense. So something I want us, like, we all know that the, that the battlefield is in our mind, and we all know that the enemy attacks our minds, and, he's, and the only thing he has is to speak lies. So if, if eternal life was to know God... Like Jesus says in, in John chapter 17, eternal life is knowing Jesus and the Father. And he knows that when you do, that's where transformation happens. That's where freedom happens. That's where you become more like Jesus. Wouldn't he want to attack that one thing? Because if he can keep you from going there, if he can keep you from knowing God, if he can keep you from spending time with God, then he's already got you beat, right? You understand? Jesus does not, er, yeah, Jesus. The devil does not care if you come to church and sing happy songs. The devil does not care if you spend your whole life in Christianity. He, does, he really, really cares when you really set your face to know Jesus. He cares when you actually say, okay, I'm going to seek you with everything that I have. Does that make sense? Like, that's what he cares about. Because if eternal life is to know God when nobody else is around, and Jesus says it, and we're going to read it in Matthew chapter 5, but just like when you pray, don't stand in the street corners, don't pray out, like all these things. He's like, you go into your room and shut the door. That's what Jesus is calling us to. Then the enemy doesn't really care if you stand out and, and pray out loud and pray awesome prayers when everybody else is around. Because he knows that Jesus is saying, when you pray, you need to go here. So wouldn't it be like the enemy to say, hey, let's make sure that you look good in front of people, but when there's nobody else around, you don't really know the Lord. Or... You might, you might be doing what you're doing in front of people, and then when you're alone, don't have a security that you actually know him. Like, exactly. That's the secret place. It's a, it is a foundational, it is a foundation for the Christian life. Because you are you when there's nobody else around. And then from that place, the overflow should be all the other things. Now, there's nothing wrong with you praying in front of people. There's nothing wrong with you doing Christian you know, church attendance, all that stuff. I'm, I'm all for it. And I'm not, hear my heart, I'm not trying to bash that stuff. But I am going to try to, I am trying to destroy the idea of, if you, if you go to somebody in, in a restaurant or a, a, a grocery store or whatever and just say, hey, how are you and Jesus doing? What's the, what are they going to say? I haven't been to church in a while. Well, not all of them. Or they'll say, oh yeah, I go to church all the time. Oh yeah, I go right down here to to first church down here. Like, that's what they're going to say. 
You know what I'm saying? Like that's what most people say because they equate knowing Jesus to doing something on the outside or going somewhere. Now, I love Jesus Church. I'm a, I am a local church guy. I believe in it 100%, and that's why I've given my life to it. But if, I, like, that's why I, I'm just like, man, that's why it's like, I don't really care if you've gone to church or not. I said, how are you and Jesus? What, like, what is your relationship with Jesus like? Because from that place of, of knowing Jesus, everything else finds its rightful place. Everything else finds its rightful place when we're established and we're overflowing in our relationship with the Lord. Does that make sense? And I want us to see that, that it is not a, it's not, hey, Dylan gets to spend time with Jesus and he gets to hear his voice like that. No, my job as the pastor is to encourage you and push you to his feet so that you see that the, it is available for everybody. So think about this. I'm not wearing this flannel because I'm going to get hotter and hotter and I'm just going to. We follow Jesus, Right? <laughs> so I came up here. I'm practicing. I'm thinking about joining a boy band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so think about this. And I say it all the time. Jesus is our model. Jesus came and, and, and lived a life that you were called to live. And he says, follow me. So Jesus is living a life in relationship with the Father. And they're watching him live it. Do you understand? Like they are watching him go and there's this something that the Lord showed me the other day I was reading in Luke at the end where it talks about the betrayal of Jesus. And Judas goes out from the, you guys know the story, Judas goes out to betray Jesus. He leaves the upper room. And then it says, as was Jesus' custom, he goes to the Mount of Olives. Then Judas brings everybody to the Mount of Olives, right, to, to catch Jesus. Why? Because he knew that's where Jesus was going to go. Isn't that awesome? Like, and it says constantly, Jesus departed to the mountain to pray. Jesus withdrew himself to pray. Jesus went away to be with the Father. The disciples watched Jesus live a lifestyle of being alone with the Lord, right? And then everything he did, everything Jesus did was because he said, I saw my Father do it. Everything he said is because he said, I, saw, I heard my Father say it, right? So Jesus is living a life of being filled up with the, with the Lord, being filled up with the Father, knowing who he is, and then going out and doing what he's supposed to do. And then from that place, his disciples watched all that happen. You know what I'm saying? Like they're watching all this stuff happen. That's why Judas, when he goes out to betray him, which is crazy because Jesus knows he's about to be betrayed and he still goes to the secret place. And he knows that's where he's going to be betrayed. You know what I'm saying? He knows that his time is at hand and he knows that you're about to betray me in the place that I spend the most time with the Lord. That he, this is amazing to me. Like he's like, he learned who he was as the sacrificial lamb when he was alone with the Lord. He knew who he was when there was nobody else around. He's like, I know that I'm the savior of the world, and I know that actually here is when, I'm, when it's all going to go down, one day. That's crazy to me. And, Judas show, and so then Judas shows up and he, because he's like, oh, I know how to betray him. I know where, where he'll be. Away from the crowds, there's going to be nobody around. How many times did they try to get Jesus, but they thought, oh, we can't because of the crowds? All the time. They were scared of the people. So they, this is all amazing, and a lot of it's coming to me in the moment. I'm like, this is blowing my mind. The more I talk about it, I'm like, this is crazy. But that he's alone by himself because he knows 
that this is important, and his disciples know that he will be by himself. So Judas says, hey, we'll, all, we'll bring all these soldiers. There's not going to be anybody but him and the disciples because Jesus is modeling something for his disciples. And hear me out. It's not important for us to just model something for our disciples, right? Like I, I shouldn't just be seeking Jesus just because I want my kids to seek Jesus. A lot, of, a lot of times we do that. Like we have a kid and then people are like, I better get to church because I want my kids to grow up in church. And I'm not against people coming to church. I just like, you better establish a rhythm of who, of who you are in Jesus so that your kids don't have to follow. You're not trying to get your kids to do something. You're living a life and your kids will follow it, right? I was listening to this guy, the guy that I love to listen to. He's, he's talking about, and like just sharing on like the secret place and sharing on being alone with the Lord. And then Taya sends me his son preaching on the secret place. He's 17. And I was like, this is so good. Because his son was just ripping it. And I was like, this kid is off. Like 17-year-old kid just, just laying it on. But I'm like, this is coming, like, this is coming from, because I listen to his dad preach all the time. I'm like, he's like, and he says, he's like, my dad's my hero. My dad challenged me so much to be like, son, you need to get alone with the Lord. He goes, and I fell in love with Jesus. And it's like, all we need is people that just say, okay, I don't care what it takes. I don't care what's going to happen. I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to seek the Lord. And then I know that from that place, everything else will fall in the place that I'm looking for. I remember the Lord told me, he's like, everything you'll ever need is in the secret place with me. Right? Like everything you will ever need, any wisdom, any understanding, any identity, any truth, anything you need is in the secret place with him. You'll find it with him in the secret place. And what's crazy, I remember when I was, my pastor in Colorado, he'd, I don't know, he wasn't, he wasn't a pastor of a church. He just led, I don't know how to explain him, so I just call him my pastor. He's a nice guy, Pastor Greg. But he, sits, he, was, he would sit up there, and he's like, and he said one word right before my third year, and it just rocked me. I was like, yes, that's a word. He's like, God has hidden revelation for you in your personal time with the Lord. He has hidden this revelation for you because he wants you to come, and he has this, he has understanding and truth and identity and all these things that, Things that we're looking for and things that we don't even realize we need, he's hidden them for us in the seeking when there's nobody else around, right? Like, that's what we're looking for. I was just talking with Simon about it yesterday. It's like, it's so important. I talked, because I preached on it last week. It's so important for us not to just receive milk from what other people are saying all the time. Because like, what Jared says about me or what Jared says about who I am in Jesus is not as important about as what I say about me because of what the Lord's taught me, Right? It's very important, for, and it's awesome that Jerry can encourage me, but the best that Jerry can do is just, is just kind of stoke the fire that's already burning in me, right? Because I don't need Jared to come and light fires in me. I just need him to just, just keep throwing wood on. That's why we gather. But we need to all come together with a fire that's already burning in us. Does that make sense? So I want us to see this in, in, in Ephesians chapter 2. He's talking about the... Uh, Verse 11, we'll just read it all. Man. So, it's so crazy. That I have to, I'm going to have to read a bunch of this to make sense. Yeah, we'll just start in Genesis chapter 1. Um, I'm not starting in verse 2. That's way too far out. All right, verse 8. Is that okay, Ty? All right, verse 8. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. 
that not of yourselves. What's that? Your salvation. That is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For he himself, no, no, sorry, jumped way too far. Verse 11, therefore, because God created you for good works, therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands. You understand, he's talking about circumcision and uncircumcision, but he's talking about the Jews had a covenant with God and they knew God and everyone that was on the outside did not. So what Jesus did was he brought everybody near because of his sacrifice. He didn't, just, he didn't just save Jews, he saved everybody that would believe in him by faith, right? So that's what he's about to talk about, and this is what I want us to see. Verse 12, that at the time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, right? You were strangers from the covenant of, of promise, having no hope and without God in the world, right? Everybody without God, is hopeless at their best. You ever lived a life without God? Hopeless at its best. It's so funny because I was talking to a dude at the at our Dewitt's farmers market, and he was and he didn't he wasn't a believer, and I could just tell he was like talking about church and stuff like that, because um, he figured out I was a pastor. I hate telling people I'm a pastor because they immediately talk about all this stuff. And I'm, I don't even know what to tell them anymore. I'm like, I kind of do things that I do things. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. I stay busy, right? <laughs> I should talk to somebody that does a bunch of sketchy, illegal stuff. What do you tell people you do for a living? And then I'll just take whatever they say <laughs> and I just throw it out there. I just do stuff and I have people that work for me, okay? <laughs> but I was like, what you do is like you feel the pressure of like trying to relate to people in, in their hopelessness and depravity. Does that make sense? Have you ever talked to somebody that's not a believer and you feel like you don't want to be too pushy and you don't want to this? But like, I'm like, I was by myself later. I'm like, Lord, people are starving for you. I just need to just like, like settle that in my mind. Like everybody all across the board was created to know you. And if they don't know you, they're starving and dying and they need you. So it's like, regardless of what they're saying and what they might portray, they actually know him. They actually long for Jesus and I have him, right? So I just have to settle that in my mind because I'm like, I let other things kind of like dictate what I, what I say to them or what I say I believe. Does that make sense? And I'm like, man, Lord, I can't live like that. Like I have to look at every single person and being like, I know what it's like without you. And I've like, I'm starving right now for you. So this person that's never tasted you or seen you, they, they are without hope and they're absolute aliens to what your, your life, your kingdom, your freedom, your peace, your love. So let them find it in me, right? That's what I have to see. And that's like, there's so many times in my life, and this is something that's super key for you guys. When did I start? Do you guys remember? Man, not good. Um, I'm trying to be more courteous of the time in my life. Um, stinking. Can't remember what I was going to say now. Oh, 
there's so many, this is really important for you. Is there so many things in your life that you like, how many of you guys have ever like, you know, your coworker said something to you about, about Jesus, your coworker mentioned that about church or, and it's, and then when you left, you're like, man, did I say that right? Did I, this and that, has anyone ever done that? Did I talk about like, I should, there, that right there is super, super important for maturity in your life. It's this, is most people just kind of brush over that, but that's where Jesus wants to transform you is you have to sit there and be like, man, Lord, how would you have handled that? Or how would you have said that? Like, Jesus, how would you have related to that person that I might have just felt like? Because the Holy Spirit's bringing that back up to you because he wants to talk about it, right? Because he wants to equip you, not just to share Jesus, but just to be equipped in the Christian life, right? Like, there are so many times, with, I mean, you, from a, a grand scale of like, hey, I'm, I'm, I see somebody on the street when I was talking to him about Jesus, to a very small scale of you just talking to your kids or something. And I say small scale, but just everyday life stuff is what I'm saying. Like, you, there are so many times where I'm like, I'll do something, I'm like, man, Lord, how would you have done that with, with valor? Like, I shouldn't have done it like that. And then I ask him, and he's starting to show me what it's like because I'm walking with him. And that right there is a fruit of my secret place with him because I know what it's like to talk to him and hear an answer when there's nobody else around. I think the big, man, should I read all this? I think the biggest picture and a clear picture of the secret place of relationship with Jesus is a husband and wife. It's very important. And that's why Jesus says, that's why Jesus says it's, or Paul says it, but through the mouth of the Holy Spirit. He says that it's, he's like, I speak a great mystery concerning Christ in the church. When he's talking about husband and wife and becoming one, he goes, I speak a great mystery because it's concerning Christ in the church. That's why the enemy pushes homosexuality so bad. Is because if he can distort the picture of what actual marriage looks like, the two becoming one in one flesh, then he can distort your picture of what it looks like for you to walk with Jesus, right? Oh, it actually can be whatever I want it to be. It actually can be whatever I feel like it should be. It actually can be like, well, all this other stuff, right? And nobody can tell me what it's supposed to look like. But Jesus modeled it for us, right? And that's, that's ultimately like homosexuality, all that stuff is ultimately just a slap in what God says, it's like, hey, what you say is actually not what. We're going to do what we want to do. That's what homosexuality is. It's deception, and there's people like, that are struggling with it, and, and it's, it's just identity crisis and deception. But at the root, it all always goes back to, hey, you, yeah, we don't do what you say. Does that make sense? It is very, very, very important for you to be able to. Cause, and that's why you have to understand truth, because what you do is you'll get, if you don't realize there's a, Man, I feel like I'm about to like, I got to breathe. If you, if you don't realize that there is an absolute war for the minds and the hearts of men, then you won't realize that you're gonna, you'll, you'll be caught up in it without even knowing. You don't realize that there is an absolute like warfare every single day from the moment that you wake up, there's an enemy of your soul that's trying to keep you from knowing Jesus and making him known. From, from, from open the eyes to when you go to bed and sometimes when you're sleeping, he does not care right? Because he's trying to keep you from manifesting Jesus. That's why he attacks marriages so much. Because if a marriage can sit here and go, in our intimacy with each other, we manifest what it looks like to glorify God, he'll just say, well, I'll just crush that then. Because it'll, your kids will never see it, the people around you will never see it, and then most people are just saying, well, maybe I'll be together, and maybe I won't be together, and then if I'm committed, I'm not super committed, and then I say I do, but I'm not really I do. Right? And that's what, because he's showing you a picture of Jesus. Like, you understand when we're standing up here, and it's like, now I now pronounce you husband and wife, and the vows that people say between each other, 
Jesus is saying those vows to you and he will never leave you. You understand that? That's what he's saying. It's a relationship with Jesus. So like regardless of where you go, what you do, how far you run, I don't care. Jesus is saying, I do. Now, whatever you say, whatever you do, it doesn't matter. I do. Now you have the choice of being with him. It's up to you, right? You, like nobody's gonna take your salvation from you ever. You can't send it away, but you can for sure reject it. Right? Like you can take the ring off and say, I don't want no part of it anymore. And Jesus will love you all the way to hell. And it's sad. And that's what he does to people. And that's, dude, when this, when I heard this, it literally rocked my life. I'm like, because what it did was it freed me to just pursue Jesus. Because I'm like, everything that I do is not going to change who you are. Right? The mistakes that I make, the things that I need free freedom from, the, the whatever I'm doing doesn't, isn't going to change who you are. The only thing that's going to change is if I don't want you. And I'm like, and I want you. So forever and always, I know I'll never w- not want you. I'll ne- I know I'll never walk away from you. All I, so if I'm here, then I know that you can change everything about me. And that changed everything for me, dude. Because I lived my whole life feeling like, <laughs> it's so crazy. I lived my whole life feeling like this right here, if I made one mistake, the Lord's gone. Because ultimately, and then we get in marriage and we think the same thing, right? If you don't do this, then I'm out. And if you do this, then I'm in. But if you, if you fail in this area, you're gone. Man, right? And we, I feel like I'm like preaching from the pulpit now. This is where, we, this is where I married y'all, right here, right? We don't do it down there. I feel like we should put the stage down here and just put us around everyone in a big circle on couches. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, we're going to start a fund through the give box in the back. We're getting couches. <laughs> right? But for real, though, like, I'm not trying to get in people's business, but in marriage, it's, hey, I love you if you do this. Like, we have a line that, that is like a cross line in our hearts. When Jesus says, till death do us part, which there isn't really ever going to be death. Right? Jesus would never say, till death do us part, because he's never going to die and we're never going to die. But Jesus is saying, hey, I'm in forever and always. Whatever happens, I'm going to be here. I will never leave you or forsake you. But then we relate to our marriages and our relationships like, if you do this, if this line gets crossed, like, I'm super gracious, but this is my line. And if you cross it, then I'm out. So what we do subconsciously is we know that there's a line in our relationship with Jesus where he's not actually going to be as faithful as we are. Right? So we portray that. When what we're supposed to live is a, wow, dude, the steadfastness of my life in you will absolutely rock the way that I treat my wife, I treat my kids, and people and their People are not my problem. People are not going to cross me. I don't have a line with Jared because I love him. He, I don't need him. I love him, right? Because if he does anything, I love him and I'm pursuing his heart because the problems that he's doing is all just deception, right? Because my battle's not against flesh and blood, I thought, right? Because if, Jer- if Jared treats me wrong, then that means Jared's in a really bad place because he's just projecting that on me. Do you see that? That's if I'm committed. But most people aren't committed to that extent. And that's why it's so important. And that's why marriage is a picture of Christ in the church. Because 
in this relationship, it's modeling what it looks like to be with Jesus. To saying, hey, we live every day together. We walk out things together. We forgive one another as if you have to forgive the Lord. We forgive one another. We walk, in, we walk in grace with one another. We believe in one another. We're pursuing one another. Like, I see your gifts. I see your talents, and I want to bring those things out in you. And we live every day together, but we also make sure that we spend intimate time together. We also make sure that we put everything else aside and we look in each other's eyes, right? There's so many people that say, yeah, I spend time with Jesus, but they don't ever get alone with him. Like, you would never do that in your marriage. You would never, you would say... Sometimes we do, I guess. But like, we would never do that in our marriages where we say, okay, hey, we're always together, so we don't really need to be by ourselves and go on a date. Because I'm always with you. I work with you. We, have, we do family together. It's very important to say, oh no, I need like, I need, like Taya says it all the time, she's like, I need me and you with nobody else around. And like, that is something that like, she literally, she's like, I have to have that, Right? And it's showing you a picture of, yes, I live with Jesus, I do, I, I do church with Jesus, I pursue Jesus, I worship Jesus, but if I don't shut my door and get alone with Jesus, then I'm never going to be intimate with him. Right? I'm never going to be intimate with him if I'm not alone with him. Because there's, there's things about, you guys all know me and Taya together, but you don't know me and Taya when no one else is around. Right? There's things that Jesus wants to do in the secret place that, just be, that are just you and him, right? There's things that I, I, I talk to the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I want to experience you where it's just like I really don't ever want to share that with anyone because it was just so, it's so precious to my heart. That's why it's a picture of Christ in the church. That's why marriage is so, that's why marriage is so attacked, Right? If you look at a lot of the, the crap that goes on in the world, it's all, like, a lot of it is just to attack the family and attack the marriages and attack, like, God's idea of what marriage and family and raising godly children up and all of that is coming against the, the nuclear family. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the, a lot of just crap that you see, it, it actually goes against, like, if you look down to it, what they believe, they, they, they want to destroy the nuclear family. Because if they can, if they can distort that, then everything else will start to fall to pieces. Because there, there was a guy, actually the guy I was, I was listening to about the secret place, he's like, our community is so strong because we have healthy marriages. I'm like, that's awesome. Like, a strong community has godly marriages that are pursuing godly children to raise them up to look like godly husbands and wives one day that will reproduce in the earth. And that'll be us in Jesus' church. Do you have any questions on that? trying to see how I should do this. And that's what I, and that, this is what I mean by 
Relationship with Jesus takes your yes and your surrender. Like, you should have heard my, my brother preach at Cassie and Tyler's wedding. Greatest message in the history of the world ever, forever and always. <laughs> Seriously. We should have recorded it. It was phenomenal. Simon, did you hit the record button? No. It was phenomenal. But, like, you had to have been there. Sorry. Did you? If you didn't get an invite, talk to Tyler. But... <laughs> Your email is Dylan Moffat at Jesus Church. Because your response to Jesus will only, will be determined by your understanding of what he's given you and what he's pursued in you, what he's, what he's done for you. We, nobody loves God. That's why it's on the wall out there. No one loves God first. The more you see him and you respond to him, the more, you're, the more surrender is in your heart, the more you give yourself to him. Right? I'm not saying, hey, you just need to suck it up and just give more to Jesus and get alone with him. When you encounter the Lord, he, your response will be, I want, I'll give you everything. Right? When you see somebody that's completely sold out and in love with Jesus, they've seen something that you don't know if you think it's like that. Right? If, you, if you say, hey, I don't have that relationship with the Lord. I'm not in love with Jesus like I feel like this person is. They just see something or they've experienced something that the Lord wants to, to, to reveal to you. The reason that people, like, when I say, like, hey, the Lord showed me this, the Lord is saying, hey, all you got to do, like, in Nathaniel's heart back there, he's like, all you got to do is come away and I'll show you the same thing. All you got to do, like, the door has always forever been open. It is forever, will always be open for everybody all across the board, right? So keep reading. This is what I'm talking about. This is what I wanted to get to. I was wondering how I was going to tie this all back together. Right, So you have no hope and without God in the world. Verse 13, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. Brought near where? Brought near to Jesus. Brought near to the Father's heart. Brought near into relationship with him. Because you were, you were outside of the promise of knowing Jesus and being a, alive in him. Outside of the, the ability to be God's children. Outside of the ability to be one with him. All of these things, Jesus' blood has brought you so near. For he himself is our peace. Jesus is the peace between us and God. Like I said, what changed my life is forever and always Jesus' blood and his sacrifice have, has brought me near and nothing will ever change that. The only thing that can separate me from it is if I don't say yes. And that is a sad, sad day when people don't say yes to that. That's why it's good news. It's not bad news. Right here, Jesus, verse 15, he has abolished, having abolished in his flesh the enmity, that is, the law of commandments contained in ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he re might reconcile them both. So he's talking about Jews and Gentiles, anybody in the earth, the people that were in covenant with God and the people that were afar off, he brought them near by one sacrifice and one, and one covenant. He brought them in to make one new man, which is the new man in Christ. That he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death the enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off and to those who were near. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. And this is what I want to get drive home is we 
as New Testament believers in Jesus, doesn't matter if you grew up as a Jew, doesn't matter if you grew up as somebody that's not a Jew, you have access to the Father by one spirit and one person, Jesus Christ, forever and always. Please, please, please do not neglect or count that as a small thing. Do not be satisfied with just knowing Bible verses. Do not be satisfied with just coming to church. Don't let your heart be satisfied with, yeah, I came to church on Sunday. Please do not let that happen. Don't let it happen. Don't let it happen that you're just like, oh, Dylan knows the Lord, and I know him to this place, and at least I'm experiencing some, some part of the Lord. How much access do you have? Full access. You have full, absolute, abundant, forever and always access to the Father, to relationship with God. So any situation, any problem, anything you ever need will be found in that place with him. But you're, you have the access to, it, to, to enjoy it. You want to share? I'm going to have Cassie share this testimony. Is on? Okay. Um, it's about my secret place, probably because Dylan's wife showed it to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I came home from Grand Valley. I was going there for school. But I was really struggling. So I was like, you know, I'm not going to do this. I was thinking just of going to a community college at home. And Taya was home with Dylan that summer before she went back to Nori before they got married. And uh, she asked me about, she's like, have you ever heard of intimacy with the Lord? And I was like, I gave her like a scrunched nose look. And she's like, yeah, th because that word has been so tainted in society, intimacy, that you think it's like a gross, ugly thing. And it's meant to be like super pure and super be beautiful with the Lord. And uh, she explained it to me like being in the secret place and just like letting the Lord love you and stuff like that. And so she like went on a walk at my grandma's. And so I was just like, okay. I went in my room and I sat down on the ground. And I'm like, either she is insane and they're all crazy. Because they were like him and Jerry were both going to Bible school and Taya did too. Um, and I was like, or this is real. And I sat down and I experienced the Lord and, um, he set me free from anxiety. I was having panic attacks like every single day. Mm. And, uh, like in that moment, just experiencing the Lord and him showing me, I had this picture of like me on my knees at the Bible school they were going to, um, in surrender during worship. And he's like, I'm going to give you a heart to know me that nothing could ever quench. And I, it only can be satisfied by me. Hmm. And I was like, sweet, I'm going to Karis. But I've never experienced anything like that in my life. And so that was my experience with the secret place. And you just come in like, I mean, I was like at the bottom. I'm like, I need something because <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> um, but yeah. Hmm. Stay up here. <clears throat> so when she spoke... And said panic attacks and anxiety. Um, she's going to pray over that. And I believe the Lord is going to set people free from it. That struggle with that, okay? So right now, she's just going to pray. If that's you, just put your hand on your heart. And then just receive it right now. I believe the Lord wants to, he's going to set you free from it in a moment. And he's going to say that it's going to be sustained in your relationship with him, just like Cass. So she's going to pray for you. <clears throat> All right, thank you. It's super simple to receive your love. 
I thank you that in your presence is fullness of joy. There's nothing lacking. And that right now in the name of Jesus, all anxiety has to flee because you're possessed and owned by the one true God. And he's living and breathing. And that when you're with someone that you love, there's no anxiousness and there's no worry and there's no pain. So I thank you, Lord, for setting us free. That freedom is forever. It's not a one-time thing. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness right now. Amen. Amen. It's awesome. Give her a hand. So what in Cassidy's life opened the door for her? Let me say it this way. How did Cassidy experience that? By going. Right? Nothing. She's not anything different. She's not anything special. She didn't have any, any crazy understanding more than, than we're saying right now. The only thing that she did was say, okay, in faith, I'm going to put myself in the place to encounter him. Like I said, do you think that if Cassidy would have went there beforehand, before she talked to, to, to Taya with that understanding, let's say somebody else told her, let's say she would have went beforehand, do you think that she would have experienced him beforehand? Right? Because the door was open. The access was available for her. She just lacked the understanding. There's so many of us that are destroyed because we lack understanding. The enemy is, that's what I'm saying, is he's wreaking havoc in people's lives because of a lack of understanding. He's just deceiving people, saying that it's not available for you. So many times that things happen, you're like, oh, that's not available for me. Oh, it's not available for me. I can't do that. Or I've done that. I've tried that, whatever. Jesus is waiting for you with the, with the door flung wide open. All you have to do is come in and shut it behind you. This is what I want us to see. What we, everything that's available to us will always be available to us right now in this moment. All we have to do is say yes. If we're going back to this, this understanding of marriage, Jesus is, is on his knee with the ring in his hand. All we got to do is say yes. And there will always be relationship and intimacy with you. The, 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 the door has been flung wide open. That's why the veil was torn. The door has been flung wide open. It'll never shut behind you. You'll never come and then the Lord won't be there. So the secret place, the relationship with God is available to every single person. All we have to do is say yes. And like, like Cassidy said, she's like, either we're crazy, either I'm crazy right now talking to you, or it's possible. And I long for us to just say it's possible and just shut the door. Like, I long for us in Jesus' church to just say, okay, Lord, we're going to take you at your word. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it's, if it's, if it's for five minutes or I don't care if it's for an hour. I don't care. I'm just going to, I'm going to take you for your word and say that when I seek you, I will find you. And when I knock, the door will be open. And when I ask, I will receive. Like I said last week, guys, I will, I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks just absolutely yelling it from the mountaintops but I cannot make you do that. I cannot, I can't, I wish I could just force you to go spend time with him because I know how fruitful it is. For some of you, it literally just, it, 
all, it, all it's going to take is for you to just say, okay, this time right here that I normally spend doing this, I'm just going to shut the door and just say, Father, in faith, I'm here for you. Or it's like, I'm going to, on my, on my drive to work, I'm just going to turn the radio off and I'm going to talk to you like you're a real person in the room that you want to encounter me in. It doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a big extravagant thing. Jesus just went to the mountain because that's where nobody was. And that's why it's so important to get alone with him. So we're going to do this. And this is how I'm going to finish. All right. Nate, you want to come play? Ty, will you take that? Jared, will you rub my feet? So I'm going to have you guys actually, like, I don't normally do this, but I'm going to have you stand up if this is actually what's something that you want and desire. But I'll be the first one to stand up because I want more. And if this is something that you want and desire, you're good. Stand up. <coughs> Michelle can start it. If this is something that you want and desire, I want you to stand up. And I want us to, I believe the Lord is just saying, try me and test me on this. When we seek him by faith, man, he will answer <coughs> with what we're asking and seeking for, man. And when, if we say, all right, we're gonna seek you, Jesus, and we're gonna seek you alone. Everything that you are, everything that you have for me, I want it. I believe the Lord will answer hunger in our hearts and give us more hunger. I believe we're gonna be a people in a church that's literally longing and thirsty for the Lord, that we are homesick every time that we are not with him, that we are people that are lovesick And all it's going to take is a yes in our hearts, man. All it's going to take is a yes in our hearts. And I believe that Jesus is just looking for sincerity. He's looking for availability. He's looking for people that are just saying yes. Tell the Lord, I'm not good at a lot of things, but I am a good yes person. So right now in your hearts, I just want you to just say yes and just say, Lord, whatever that looks like, I don't know but I'm just gonna make the decision that I will get alone with you when there's nobody else around. I might have kids, I might have all these crazy things, I might have a crazy schedule, but I'm gonna make it, I'm gonna make it a priority to get alone with you. Whether that be for just a couple minutes, whether that be for whatever. But I'm gonna make the effort and I believe that you're gonna impact me and I believe that you're gonna reward that. So I believe the Lord wants to reveal himself as a rewarder in our lives. In Jesus' name. So just take a moment and it's gonna look this simple. Everyone close your eyes. I believe if we would do this right here a couple times a day, we'd absolutely light the world on fire. We just close our eyes and just say, Father, I thank you for loving me. Thank you for your blood. Man, thank you that my sins have been washed away. And thank you that you will never leave me and you will never forsake me. 
And I thank you, Jesus, that you're for me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're such a friend to me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're ever present to lead me and guide me. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're forever my friend. That you're teaching me who Jesus is. That you're teaching me who I am. That you convict me of righteousness. Man, that you're transforming me even when I don't see it, when I don't feel it, when I don't understand what's going on. When there's nobody else around, you are transforming me. Jesus that this door is always open for me to come and I pray that you keep my heart established in this truth that you keep me focused in this truth that you don't let lies come and and, um, try to rob me of this understanding this reality in Jesus name Holy Spirit thank you that when the enemy comes to try to distract me to deceive me in areas that I might not realize, man, you are a really good, uh, a really good watchman, a really good fighter on my behalf. Father, I thank you for these people in this room, and I thank you for the hunger, and I thank you for the sincerity of us in this room. I thank you, Lord, that, man, we are not people that are regarding things kind of haphazardly, Lord, or regarding things as just common and not not holy and sincere. But Lord, I thank you for the just the pure sincerity and hunger in our hearts. Father, I thank you for the people in this room that might not have um, an understanding of what this looks like, but they will because of you, because you're going to teach them what it looks like. saying this over us. He spoke this to me November 7th, 2021. He says, I want my children to know that they can come to me. The door is open. The veil has been torn. The way has been made. There is nothing separating us anymore. I made sure of that. So come, come as you are. Come and drink from the river of my pleasure. You might think you need to bring something, but the sacrifice has been made. All I ask is that you bring your heart. Nothing hidden, nothing missing. So come. Come and see the place I made for you. Come and see all that I have is, is for you. Come and see what I can do when you give me your heart. Come and see what, what I will make it to be. All it takes is faith. Believe that I want to hear more, or I, believe that I want you here more than you want to be here. I want you to know what great longing I have for you. 
I went through all I went through to have relationship with you. Don't let anything keep you from that. I'll do whatever it takes to be with you. So come and be with me. You don't have to strive. You don't have to worry. If you come, I'll do the rest. So please come. So Father, we just thank you for that. And we thank you for just the answer in our heart as a big yes to you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. And Father, I just pray that, man, we experience and we drink from the river that never runs dry. Father, I pray that we never be satisfied with anything but knowing you. Just like Cassidy said, that you put in us, Lord, a hunger that will not be satisfied with anything else but knowing you entirely and completely. And I thank you, Lord, that you are the one that's doing this in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're going to have our team up here for prayer. If you guys need prayer for anything, but Lord, I mean, yeah, Lord. Guys, I believe that the Lord really has something for us in this time. And I believe he, all he's looking for us is to press into it. So I love you guys, and I thank you for just being hungry, and I thank you for just being sincere in your pursuit of Jesus. It's really awesome. I love you guys. Have an awesome week.